and you immediately know he's going to say something about putting somebody in a blender. Zip. Zap. Zap. Zip. Zap. Zap. Zip. Zap. Zip. Pod. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Zip Zap Pod, the improv comedy podcast. As always, we have with us Drew Stroud. Hi. <laughs> and Eric Flick. Hello. And myself, Hope Cherry. And we do have a special guest with us today, Casey Tester. Casey! Yay. Yay. Yeah, so um, we'll get in. So yeah, Casey is with us today. She's going to be talking a little bit about Barefoot in the Park. We'll come back to that in a second. Maybe in a few seconds. Maybe like a few minutes. Yeah, let's do a few minutes. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to... Woof. Okay, so I wanted to like talk about a little bit about... Um, a dear friend of mine, um, Ken Bradbury. So the reason why I do improv is because of Ken Bradbury. Um, I met him when I was a kid and he is just incredible. He, um, has written thousands, hundreds of, um, speeches, uh, that have been performed all over the United States. He was a teacher for over 30 years. He directed, and writ, wrote hundreds of shows, I'm sure, uh, plays, musicals, all that. Published, he, too, right? Well, published, yeah. yes. Um, he also directed a summer camp for kids for performing arts. And um, in November, he passed away. And I've um, been really thinking about him a lot just because of his impact on me and my life and my influence um, on getting into improv and getting into theater. And so I wanted to share just a nice story about him. So when I was, um, I was at summer camp and was 18 years old and was a counseling at the camp. He um, came up to me and um, so at the time I was like helping out with the improv. Uh, there's like six different uh, uh, performing areas at camp. Um, and so I was in the improv, uh, we call it drama there. But uh, he comes up to me and says, hey, I'm writing this show, and I, like, really want you to try out for it. I have this, like, perfect role for you. Um, I think you'd just be really good in it. Um, you know, if you could, if you can make it work, I, he's like, I know you're going away to college, but I think you'd be really great in this role. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is great. Like, I would, I would love to be in one of your shows. I've been in two of his shows before then. And I was like, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd give anything to be in one of your shows. I'll make it work. Um I'll drive back from college, all that stuff. So I go and like try out for the show and I like learn what the part is. And he wants me to play the role of the slut, <laughs> the slutty girl. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> because like, first off, like I had never played a slutty character before. So like, what about me did he think was like good for this character? Do you want a list? Oh, <laughs> Thundercat. But, but listen, so that opened the door for me to play every role, <laughs> prostitute role in musical theater that there is. Yeah. So, thank you, You got Ken. typecast as the slut? Yes. From then what? on, I, yeah. Played, Mary? I played, yep. I played a French prostitute, a British prostitute, <laughs> a German prostitute. Oh, I remember, I remember that post you what made. You're the... like, the summer of. <laughs> the summer of me always playing prostitute what? roles. What was the uh, German prostitute? Cabaret. Oh, and the French was Les Mis. Yep. The British? Was Jekyll and Hyde. And, and then the, American. And then what? American prostitute, too. 
When? Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a president. <laughs> oh, well, no, that's and the way then, it goes. And then, yeah, and then a, um Israeli prostitute, oh. Mary Magdalene, and Jesus Christ Superstar. Wow. And, um, and, up next? and now I'm playing a Greek courtesan wow. slash prostitute. And, uh, wow. So Ken knew you. He looked he right was, into your soul. <laughs> he did. He was really good about that. He was really good about, like, seeing... Uh, the strengths in people. So, yep, that's my story. <laughs> playing cross two roles. So, thank nice. you, Ken Bradbury. I love you. Thanks for everything. So, anyways. You know what he might say? He, what would he say? Your money's on the dresser. Yes, he probably would Right? Say. That was a good joke. <laughs> Prostitute joke. Oh, okay. I don't know. It'll, well, it'll we, come to you later. You know, we, we were at a party. Drew and I were at a party to remember him last night, and, and there was several he would always make jokes about all, all his women <laughs> yeah. that he had and it was we were sharing stories about how at one point he had like three different women he didn't but right, it right. was like the ongoing joke that he had so yeah well, that's thank, not a good thing <laughs> but thank you for sharing that yeah, yeah. really really yeah. positive it's, it's, influence if he, yeah i was gonna say if he, it's like if it hadn't been for him i would have not had any like I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in this chair today. Right. Because so he I saw that never... too, and yeah. Yeah. thankfully he did. Yes, yeah. we love yeah. having you here. We do. At least today. Well, we'll see about tomorrow then. Maybe you won't. Are you peeing tomorrow. right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have with us today Casey Tester. Sorry that I didn't remember your last name the first time we tried. This. You didn't have to I'll say go. that, and no one would have known. <laughs> well, everyone, the first time we tried this episode, I like blanked on what Casey's last name was. Even though I I've known her sister longer than I've known her, isn't that interesting? Her wow. sister Callie and I were in Godspell in 2006 at Theater in the Park. That was like 12 years ago. I know, and then 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 I met Casey like a few years ago through the through the theater scene here in Springfield. Mm. And nice. now I hear you're in a show. Well. Are you really? I am. Is that show. why you're here? Like, that's why I'm here. Upcoming. What prostitute Very are you upcoming. playing? Very <laughs> upcoming. Do you also know what prostitute was? She is not a prostitute. Oh, okay. Just I you. Did, I did play Ariel <laughs> in, in Butler's in high school. She's not a prostitute, but, but she's, she's pretty trampy. <laughs> Classic Ariel. Gets around. Just like Ariel the Mermaid. It. From Little Mermaid. Isn't she a wow. prostitute? Yes. She gets paid in seashells. <laughs> Does Sally pay the seashells by the seashore? Whoa! Wow. All right. All right I almost so... did a spit take there. Wow. I'm the Casey. Oh, great. Yeah, tell us about the show that you're in. What's it called? What's your role? Um, so the show is called Barefoot in the Park. Um, it's a Neil Simon show. Um, I play Corey Bradder, uh, who is a recent newlywed, um, married to Paul Bradder, who is played by Drew Stroud. Whoa! What? I forgot. <laughs> That's a bad thing. Um, yeah, it's set in New in New York, um, in Greenwich Village. They're moving into their first apartment together, um, and it's kind of just about the ups and downs of their relationship in the first couple weeks of their marriage. Does it take place like nowadays? No, no. no. Oh, it takes place um, in the sixties, nineteen sixty-three, oh. I believe. Jeez, we were on a like podcast that. yesterday uh, talking about this as well, and. What was that? And then uh, it's interesting because this this show is very much set in the 1960s. There's a couple of lines that um, uh, the Brandon I can't remember his last name. Brandon something who's Tester. A, Brandon Tester. What was <laughs> no. He? Uh, Perkins. Davis. Davis. Brandon Davis. I think so. He's a, he's great. He's like an encyclopedia he of an encyclopedia. classic movies. But he was saying how this is like a time capsule show. Um, 
So it's definitely you're in the 60s. The message still applies to nowadays, but there's there's moments and you're like, oh, that's very misogynistic. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's like a lot of, uh, I'm going to have a scotch before we even go to dinner. Right. It's like, right. They drink. There's a lot of drinking. A lot of drinking. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Fun exactly. fact, we're using real alcohol in the glasses. Uh-uh. So. No, you're not. That's not true. That's yeah. not, that's not, not true. That is true. <laughs> Yeah, so, Corey doesn't drink a whole lot, so, so <laughs> that's all right. Just, I'm, just drinking, I'm drinking the whole show, so what does that say about our marriage? <laughs> Yikes. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so um, yeah, so it's about this young couple getting married and whoa. And uh, yeah, and there's other folks in the show, there's other small other roles in the show as well. And yes, there are um, four other cast members. Um, there is Corey's mother, um, Ethel Banks, she's played by Arlene Cooney. Um, and, uh, there's a eccentric upstairs neighbor, um, Victor Velasco played by Keith Wilson. Um, and then we have a couple wonderful guys who, who come in it briefly in and out as our telephone repair man and delivery man. Um, and so it's, it's a lot about the relationships that, um, are formed, especially between the four, um, Corey, Paul, her mother and, and Victor. Um, but, uh, just kind of the relationships with each other and kind of how they're, Form and evolve. Yes, Tyler Vineyard plays the telephone repair man, and Eugene Byatt is our delivery man. Excellent. This is this is a great show too. I mean, it's a great it's fast show. Fast paced. There's romance and fights, and there it's very funny too. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to yeah, to seeing it. Is yeah. there is there any like scene or like line that's like your favorite? Is there anything that's like I love this part of the show? Um, I. There's two parts that I really like. Um, I like the I like the opening part where you first see um, Corey and Paul interact, um, and then they have a, a huge fight um, later on, and so you really get to see sort of the two sides to them, and and so I like those two dramatic different different scenes. I think are my two favorites. So nice. I'm excited to see it. Me too. I'll come see it. I'll be there. <laughs> Well, Hope be. so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. If not, <laughs> if not, Tyler's stepping in. So There we go. Yeah. Um, and um, the dates are again. I don't know if we mentioned them yet. We did not, but I think I've got it down this time. January. I had a hard time. I've had a hard time with this for some reason. But yes, we open uh, January 11th uh, through the 13th and then the 18th through the 20th. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, I've got my tickets for the 11th already. So. Wow. Great. Yeah. We're going to awesome. suck that night, though. Oh. You knew I was coming. Well, it's fun because we were talking, me and um, Nathan Carls were talking last night about theater, about how it feels like the Sunday crowds of shows have become more um, better than usual. More better? Yeah. More better. <laughs> the bestest. <laughs> Just they're, they're, they seem to enjoy the shows a lot more, I feel. And Friday nights seem to enjoy the Like, they're there. They're like, oh, I'm here because it's opening night. Oh, uh, yeah, cool. But, like... I don't know. It's just the experience I've gotten for the past couple of shows is that Friday nights are kind of like, I think the cast is high energy as they can be. They're giving a great performance, but the crowd just doesn't reciprocate that. So how, how can I change that dynamic? So it's going to be me, my wife, my 13 year old daughter and my eight year old son. So what can we do? Just like laugh, 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 laugh a lot. Yeah. I mean, don't like obnoxious. Yeah. Laugh. <laughs> but here's the thing. My eight year old will get some of the jokes and he will. He'll well, laugh out loud. Yeah. That's so you'll be able to hear well, and that's the, yeah. that's I think that's going to be the funnest the most fun part, the hardest part. <laughs> I'm a walking vocabulary book. The, I think is the working with an audience because we won't work with an audience until Friday night. 
like we'll have audience members, but not a full audience until Friday night. And those pauses for laughter that you have to have. Yeah. It's not a drama. There's a lot of funny lines in this. And there's even moments that we don't find funny right now that the audience finds hilarious. Right. That you don't, you don't know about at all. And you you sort of, with any show and even with improv, we experience this too. You become desensitized. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? Wow. To the humor. So like, then you don't think moments are funny anymore. And then you put an audience in front of it and you forgot like a moment that was hilarious the first day you read it that hasn't been funny since that day is actually like nails it and audience loves it. And like you, I think that's why maybe Friday nights are like, cause you're, you're experiencing the audience for the first time, but who knows when in Rome, you know, Mm-mm. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Well, let's, uh, let's chat a little bit. We'll come back and you can plug a little bit more about your show. Sounds good. Well, let's talk a little bit about. Wow, you seem apprehensive, though. Is this going to no, be I a tough like, discussion? I was like, no, I was just, I was taking a deep breath. <sighs> Radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today uh, we're going to be discussing, and feel free, Casey, to jump in. And uh, if you have any thoughts or things you want to add to the discussion, feel free to. Uh, but we're going to be talking about building a scene through game. Um, so this concept of game. Um, so yeah, if, uh, yeah, guys, do you have any thoughts about what giving us that definition of what a game is? Yeah, I can jump in here. So, uh, the, this concept actually is more of a long form concept, right? So when we talk about building a scene through game, we're talking about adding a structure to a, what may be a decently long scene. Uh, in order to move story forward, in order to uh, hit certain points that you may want to hit. And usually what an actor will do is sort of through very good listening skills, pick up on something that uh, gets a game going. So uh, the scene might be we're sitting here and Drew comes in and says, oh my God, I had three cups of coffee. Three cups of coffee. And I really need to. I really need to pee. So... And then uh, Hope and I are talking and, and <laughs> Hope says, oh my gosh, I drank six bottles of water and I really got to pee. And then she exits the scene and then Casey comes in and she's like, you guys, I just drank 10 aquariums. And, oh, and so, wow. you know, wow. kind of they build on each other. So that's one of the examples of uh, game of the scene. So it's related though, to one of the conversations we had last time, group mind. Because if oh, you're yeah. not mm-hmm. listening, like you guys weren't just a second ago. Well, because someone's phone went off, Eric. Yeah, and he was that dirty prostitute. Or <laughs> Don't so, talk about pace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but group mind, you're listening to what everybody else is doing. And if you're sort of on the same page, this game kind of comes out naturally. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, that person said this. I'm going to I'm gonna pick that up and run with it. And it's going to uh, add something else to the scene. So... That's that's why it's an important skill for uh, the long form. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to ask about that? Oh. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask. Um, the so you kind of gave some examples already. One-upmanship. What are some other examples that you might encounter when you when you see a, a scene of a game within? Sure. A scene? One of the big ones that um, I'm a fan of. Um, you think of it like in stand-up, it's the idea of a callback, like when you um, come back to an idea multiple times. In improv, we call that repetition. So one scene, me and Eric are talking about cheesecake. 
because I love cheesecake. Mm. And then this cheesecake, there's some joke with it. And that joke keeps coming back or this mm. idea keeps coming back. And then that in itself creates this fun little pattern that the audience gets to watch and, watch and follow. Sorry. Um, also, um, the rule of three, uh, for some reason, and in the truth of comedy, it mentions this, um, things are funnier in threes. So when you, when, um, Hope, I think like you, when you do your sketch, you, you mentioned this idea that you have these three things that are happening. Um, or like, uh, we were, this is going to be explicit because the example that came to my mind. So sorry. Um, me and Carly went to a second city show once and this lady was like really, really pissed off at her husband. And she just kept saying, fuck you. And she said, fuck you. Then there was a pause. And then she said, fuck you. And that third time was hilarious because it just is. There's not yeah. like, there's probably some science to it or something, but things are funnier in threes. Mm-hmm. They're not as funny as the two is not enough and four is too many. So that's another it's one. Like in Monty Python on the Holy Grail. Shouldn't, yeah. Thou shalt not count to four. Right. Yeah, no, that's the rule. Absolutely. Yep. And then uh, the rule of obliviousness. Ignoring the oblivious. Obli- no, then. Obvious. Yeah. Ignoring the obvious. But it, the, the <laughs> Being oblivious. Be, there you go. Yes. Let's clarify. <laughs> ignoring. That would be ignoring, an example of. Just like, let's just ignore the idiot over here. Hey, don't hey, talk hey. about Casey like that. <laughs> Repetition. Don't worry about the screaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, but somebody, some audience member makes a suggestion that, yes. you know, uh, oh, well, this scene's going to be about a prostitute. And uh, there's there's no mention of sex whatsoever. Right. You know, it's the oh, prostitute. Sure. I, I hired this She's one to like, go get me some groceries yes. or something like that. I, I was thinking groceries too. See, group, group mind. And that's what <laughs> prostitutes do, right? <laughs> that's the only reason I hire them. Yeah. Uh, Don't have a birthday to me. Anyway. It's your birthday? Yeah. So what is then? Happy birthday, lawyer. He's a lawyer, right? He is, yeah. Uh, call Eric Flick for all of your divorce settlements. <laughs> 217. 788 5614. I might need to hire you. Oh. <laughs> no, Corey might need to hire you. Oh. Ah. <laughs> I'm not married. We're all like, I'm not married. <laughs> I might need to hire you too, but for my actual marriage. Oh, wow. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I'll marry I'll marry Carly. Thank you. So there's a difference though between long form game mm-hmm. and short form game. You're right. Give us some why? Why is it different though? Uh, so short form sometimes has these structures already built into them. So the games that people might be familiar with where it's like the dating game, you know, you, and you come up and you have three bachelors or bachelorettes that have these weird characteristics, but the, the rule of three is already there. Those people are going to get to repeat what they're, they're kind of doing. Uh, and there's a, there's a structure built in. Uh, so it's very hard to come up with a new game within that. But uh, I did see a good example of this at our haha holiday show where we were playing a game of Jeopardy. We had three contestants come up on the stage who had no knowledge of what the questions uh, and answers, whatever the weird Jeopardy form is. And the audience had said, uh, you know, here's some uh, really simple questions and answers. And our improvisers then got to see if they could guess that. So one of our performers, Dan Denny, uh, the, the answer to the question was red. And he said, well, what happens when you put uh, Santa Claus in a blender and hopes leading this game says no. Uh, and he, she comes back around to him to answer the question. He says something to the effect of what's the color of, uh, when you put something else in a blender? No. So she comes back around to him for a third time and he says, hear me out. 
and you immediately know he's going to say something about putting somebody in a blender. He never ever says those words though, but because the pattern was there, it was a funny joke and he got a reaction from it. So that was sort of a, a game within that game that he played. I don't think he even knew he was doing it. It was yeah. just intuitive. So wow. but that's, that's the example of moving that scene forward and sort of established his character as this bonkers guy who likes to stick stuff into blenders. Yeah. So then also there's like a, within kind of the, I, the concept of, of finding that game, there's a difference between building a scene based on character versus structure. And so what's your guys' um, thoughts on that? I know there's kind of two different kind of thoughts. Yeah. It's I, I, so when I was doing improv in college, it's kind of like IO versus um, UCB in a way. IO is very character focused. Mm. And, and UCB is very um, game focused. And that's not to say either one is better or, or worse. And I think you have to have both to actually do it, to do it well. Um, but when I was in college, I, all I learned about was game because that's the way my teacher was taught. So she taught down the idea of, I'm sorry, character, not game. Um, and so this idea that to build the scene, the first thing you need to do is focus on the characters. And by creating the characters, you will be able to create a scene where the idea of the game is you focus on what is the game in the scene and that will help us build a scene around it. Would you agree with that? I, I agree with how you describe that. And I think it's very, very hard, uh, especially in a long form piece where you get maybe a one word suggestion and somebody says, well, here you go, go at it. What do you pick first? Do you, right. you know, do you, do you say, oh, I need to establish this character uh, or do I need to get the scene moving? Right. You know, so. What came first, the chicken or the egg? And a good improviser is going to be able to do both but it takes a lot of practice. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think why when we talk about how difficult it is to put a long form piece together, people don't realize that, that somebody has got to take a one word suggestion, give you a strong character right. and they got to do something. So yeah. this, this is a skill set that people have to build so they can do that. So they can tell the story so they can keep it moving. Uh, and it's, I don't want to call it a crutch. It's a, it's a, it's a trick. It's something that people can do, can right. use to, to do that, to get the story up and running. Yeah. And I think, I think the way I see it is you should focus on character and the game should come naturally. See, I, the, I think the, I agree with that. The character should come naturally to it, I think. But I think if you establish a strong character, you can make a game derive out of it. And if, if Where if you pick a you game, should... you can't as, as easily build a character around that, yeah. I feel. And I think, I think the game comes from that conversation and it's somebody listening and picking up on one thing and saying, that's it. I'm going to take that and make that the game. Yeah. So you don't come out with any sort of preconceived notion of what it's going to be. Cool. And then building a scene, uh, what is it? What, what's really the point of, of that? And what's, um, you know, what are we trying to get to in the end? Well, I think it helps tell that story. Uh, and in long form pieces, it can help with, the next scene too. So you can not only uh, get a beginning, middle, and an end, but by sort of playing a game. But once you have that end and you're on to the next scene, that may be something, you know, if we talk about, oh, everybody drank a bunch of something and they had to go to the bathroom. Well, the next scene might be the toilet repair man coming in or something mm. like that. So it immediately gives you something else to uh, have a hook for the next thing that, that's coming up. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a good skill for building not only one scene, but a group of scenes. Yep. Cool. What you said. Yep. Any other thoughts about? I'm excited to learn more about this. This is something that. Yeah, yeah you guys are. Um, 
You guys go to your first class today in long form. We do. Yeah. That's exciting. Down at the improv shop down yeah. in St. Louis. There's five of us from yep. Capital City Improv. It's uh, you, Hope, Carly Stroud, Taylor Davis, and, and Lacey, Lacey Shiver. Shiver. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to we're gonna learn all we can about improv and then bring it back to Springfield. Sort of like Moses. Is that right? I nope. don't think so. Okay. No, not right. Not nearly <laughs> correct at all. All right. So on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play. Let's play a, a, a short form game. What game do you want to play? Press conference. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Press conference. That sounds fun. Yeah. So I think we've decided, Eric. Get out of the leave. room. Yep, All right. We need to leave. All right. So I'm out. Here's Idiot. Eric leaving the room. Make a lot of noise while you leave. Flip, flop, it's impossible not to. Don't take the dog with you. Okay, take the dog with you. <laughs> hope Carly's not naked. She is. What are you going to do? <laughs> All so, right. So, <laughs> Peter Griffin is here on the ninth planet in, and he's having his press conference in the Coliseum. Did he, do, did he discover it in the Coliseum? Maybe he like Maybe. set it up. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Okay. He set up, he must have set up a, a really big telescope. Yeah. In the Coliseum. Great. Be able to see the ninth planet. Perfect. Go grab that man. Okay. God, Eric. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hello. Sorry, I went far You're away. So Where'd you go? Uh, I can't tell you that. It is a secret. Did you see Carly? Eric. Let's ask my, some questions. I know you're my wife. Uh, hi. Hi. Welcome. Good thing I'm getting a divorce. We're so glad to hear you. Oh, we're going. Hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we, you know, we're here and we just have uh, several different questions yes. to ask you. Yes. Um, well, I'm happy to be really here. We're really excited about all the new things that you're doing. I'm sure you have a lot of questions about the, the project that I've been working on. So why don't we just go ahead and move to the questions. Anybody? Have a question they want to start the press conference off with? Yeah, I'm just I'm really curious how you got into what you're doing because I know your your background's more in um in in alcohol production. Yeah, yeah, it's so. hard. And, you know, when you make a life decision, though, you just go for it. That's what I did. So you just, that's and you your I did. Your wife and your kids and your dog all support your decision to do this. My dog especially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he would for sure. That's true. Yeah, he's a man's best friend. Yeah, and, that's and what they he's, do. he's pretty progressive, I feel that's like. That's true, too, so. yeah. He's a progressive dog, I know. And pretty critical. I mean, yeah. he's that's pretty outspoken true. about how he feels about things. Yeah. He can be a jerk at times. Are but... you are you still mad at him about the whole dying thing? I'm uh, pretty sure he died. Didn't he die? He's how dead. How can you be mad at somebody, though, for dying, you know? Yeah, it wasn't his right. fault. Yeah. Right. But are you pretty sad about that? Did you, I have am. you moved on? I am. Or, so where'd you get this idea from? I mean, you must have had like a group of friends that suggested it to you. Maybe you went to the bar or something to talk about it. That's where I usually go to get my best ideas. So yeah, I went to a bar and we talked it over and thought, you know what? We're going to do this. Let's do it. So that's what we did. And all, of, all three of your friends, three of your friends support it? Uh, all three of them. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At the bar with my three friends and my dog. <laughs> so. Well, your dog doesn't usually come to the bar. Sounds like well. a country thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I wanted to know, you, um, you know, your youngest is you, maybe you got it from your your youngest. Oh, yeah. I would think maybe your youngest son would have suggested this because he's he's got a lot of crazy ideas. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes we got to rein him in. But you, it was a good idea, so you know, we thought we'd run with it. You know, maybe. You know, your youngest son, he he was the one that, you know, created a, a time machine That's all by true. himself. 
And he's pretty young. Like, I'm pretty surprised. Like a baby. On Thanksgiving, if you guys need, like, a game of football, if you don't have a uh, football, do you use him instead? Because he has. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) His head is kind of shaped like that. Right. Yes. Uh, He's got a wisdom to him. It's almost like he's older. Then, yeah. then, right, yeah, then you would see an old man. Yeah. Yeah. He has a British accent, like mm-hmm. nobody else in your family has that. So. Yeah, no, most of us have sort of that New Englandish sort of right. accent. I would there, say but... specific region, though, like a specific city, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's spelled weird, but we out there, it's Quahog, so oh, we, okay. you know, that is so. Then, um, that's really exciting that you could do this, absolutely, um, absolutely. And I know, I mean, with all the drama that's been happening with, with this situation, oh, yeah. yes. you know, um, there's been a lot of like criticism. Um, there has because we had one, it went away, and now we have this new one that you discovered. And and, and how do you feel about being a frontier, uh, like a pioneer in this adventure? Mm-hmm. Well, it's tough, there's there's a lot of things that a lot of criticism that's leveled at you, but you just you get up every day and you do your best. So, mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably a lot of fourth grade teachers mm. that were upset about this, probably. Um, you know, because it changes their whole curriculum, yeah, really. Specifically, science teachers, probably. Yeah. yeah. You know what I say? Screw them. You know, we got to do what we got to do. do. That's that's what we say. Now, so how do you think that um that uh you know Pluto feels about the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Pluto the dog? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Pluto the dwarf planet? Correct. Yeah. I don't really put a lot of stock into what Pluto feels. You know, so sure. I'm not too worried about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I if it was me, like if, if you I were was Pluto, a planet, sure. yes, if I was Pluto, like I would feel, I would feel a little uh, ticked off. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you are. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, somebody else. Let's is get now. one thing straight though. Okay. Pluto's a dwarf planet. Always sure. was. Always will be. Size right. doesn't right. matter. What? Size doesn't matter. That's yeah. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so. What other questions have you got though? But you, you, you understand. Probably not. What you've done. <laughs> I mean, you, you, we, we just, we knew plant, Pluto is not a planet, right? Right. Wow. Now you've done this thing. There was eight, there was nine. Now that there was eight. Yeah, yes. well, there's, there's nine, nine again. again. Yes. Well, new research came in. So right. we had to make a decision. Pluto, planet now. So. Is that mm. the decision that you th- think you made? No. I feel like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, since, since you're getting into this whole science researchy thing mm-hmm. you know you were you know looking for something else yeah and you, you found it you did something new yes new. yes a new discovery yep. of a brand new planet that's out there wow. too. Yeah. So, right yes. right so and i really am surprised like where you discovered that yeah. I, me too I, you Isn't must, wild? You must have like a think... really big telescope uh-huh. i wouldn't even think that there was one there no he'd have to build one and bring one in maybe, maybe his son helped him build it technology like that no. at that time Mm-mm. no so it's not only a place but we had to go back and get this it was tough mm. <laughs> any more questions that I you, mean, got for you me? know like i would think of this place is like you know a place of slaughter like i don't yeah. think of you this as a place of discovery uh-huh. you know i think i think a lot about death but also about victory, so that makes sense mm-hmm. why you would go and now, set up your telescope. It's a, it's, it's a huge place. It is. I'm assuming the big. telescope has to take up a majority of it, though. I would think so. It um, does. It does very much so. Do you have people that sit in the 
Like, like, do they watch you while you're looking at it? Like, they sit in the seats we and everything? We sell tickets, yeah, and no, get the whole thing set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do your discoveries. That's right. That's, that's right. That's incredible. That's a lot of pressure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Do they give you, like, thumbs up or thumbs down if they want you to, like, like kill something that's in front of you? Uh, well, I'm not the emperor, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they do that kind of – is that what they're doing? Is like I think it's, like – The, the know, gladiator thing. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's tough, but – you know, the ancient Greeks knew what they were doing. So uh, I'm going bu- to put my telescope there. And... Did the ancient Greeks know what they were doing? Mm-hmm, they did, you know, or the Romans, or the Romans. So, okay. so, do you yeah, have... so yeah, it's really great to have you here. Uh, it's great to be here. To These have been any... great questions. Thank You're you. You're welcome. <laughs> 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 wanted to know if you have any closing statements. Uh, well, I just would like to say that I, Peter Griffin, have been doing a a lot of work to discover a new planet. Uh, And my home base, where my telescope is located in the Colosseum, is uh, come see it. We're selling tickets. You can see some new discoveries happening. And maybe I'll get all of you a Pawtucket Patriot, too. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. Boy, I'm glad I came back for that one. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) That was fun. That was right? hard. You guys picked some hard ones. Thank you. Very You're good. welcome. Very good job. Yay. Don't challenge you. Game. So challenge. Accepted. And completed. completed. So. Objective completed. Yep. Nice job. And yeah, Casey, tell us a little bit more about Barefoot in the Park. Where can we get our tickets? Remind us again of those dates. So yes, Barefoot in the Park opens um, on January 11th. We run through the 13th and then the 18th through the 20th. You can get tickets at HCFTA. Dot org. Mm -hmm. Dot com Um, works too, which is weird. Wow. That is weird. Um, And the number I am. 523 Arts. Wow. 523 Arts. Thank you. That's right. 217. You're like a walking book with yellow They call me me the phone book in college. They did. They call me Buzz. I got straight A's. (laughs) I think Uh, you ruined both of those, but go ahead. (laughs) Continue. Anyways, yeah, we'll we'll look forward to seeing your guys' show. I'm pretty excited about it. So thank you so much. Uh, thanks again, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into our podcast, Zip Zap Pod. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.